0: Hey everybody, welcome to the best podcast you've ever heard, Too Busy to Flush, (laughs) where I sit down with my wife Molly, tee her up, and she goes on and on and on about how people are weird and hard, mostly our four children, ages 11 through four. I can't remember. So yes, we have, uh, if this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. We have a completely unscripted, unplanned, unrehearsed show. And we just start talking.
1: Sometimes we don't even make it through the intro before we dive into stuff. It's
0: true. But in an effort to help you understand what we're talking about, where we're going, and what we're, all the things, I have included, uh, revamped our show notes here in the last few episodes to include timestamps where we talk about various things and you can get an idea of what we topically talk about And the show title. Generally covers something in there, but obviously not. Everything. This is episode 118. We've been going on now since January of 2020. Well done, my love. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Almost three years, huh?
0: Almost three years. And we've slowly been building up just a really fun, super cool fan base. Uh, well, fan base, maybe that's...
1: Set of fellow weird and hard fellow people. Fellow weird and
0: hard people. Uh, a good core of them hang out on Telegram. And if you want to join our Telegram chat group and talk about all the things... Uh, you can do so uh, with the link in the show notes, which I'll include as well.
1: Speaking of which, we had some Mm -hmm. fun and good feedback on the modesty conversation on the Telegram channel from our last episode where I was talking about how I have a deep goal of encouraging our girls to connect uh, outward modesty of dress specifically with inward modesty of heart, which... I think another word for that would be humility in not wanting to say, look at me, look at me to both men and women in, in placing an overemphasis on your appearance. And I had several people privately as well as publicly say, I feel like your position on this is going to soften as your kids get older and you start fighting these battles, <laughs> which I think is probably true. And then there was some mixed uh, opinion, but I think general consensus, but conversation about the connection between fighting with parents over, uh, over appearance, over clothing, and the condition of a child's heart. And I think that as with everything, moderation is the word of the day where I wouldn't put all of my eggs in the, if you're choosing to fight me over what I say you're allowed to wear and not wear, you're not a Christian and look, it's a matter of you maturing as a Christian and being under my authority right now to submit in what I think is appropriate for you to wear and not wear. And let's have a conversation, but there are things where I'm going to hold the line. So anyway, uh, it it, it was just fun. Fun conversation back and forth about it that my biggest takeaway was, yeah, I'll probably... Have to, because I was naturally fairly modest. And also, let's be honest, 1990s girls were not wearing super tight clothing. We were wearing baggy jeans and baggy t shirts to high school with our Doc Martin shoes. (laughs) There was no temptation to show the midriff. I look at what I wore in high school and I think, man, even the girls that I thought were cool and that dressed really well, which did not include me, by the way. Uh, They were frumpy by today's standards. (laughs) And so the questions of shortness of things and tightness of things was not, I was not having modesty battles with my parents, partly because the modesty battles were not teed up quite like they are today. And I think it was Anna who said the girls that she worked with when she worked with teenage girls it, it was almost impossible to go to a store with clothing for a teenage girl and find something that would be generally considered modest in a church setting. The clothing for girls these days is just not, is not modest. And it's, and I've heard that from other moms that it's very hard to find clothes that fit a teenage girl's body that are not crazy short, which you realize when you look at, I don't, you're not on social media. Uh, Prom and twerp and homecoming dance pictures of high school girls these days it is appalling to me what they're wearing for dresses i mean it's strapless dresses that start right at their boobs and go right over their butt cheeks and that's that's it like i don't even know how you sit down because you know when maybe you don't think about this very much but when you're wearing a dress and you sit down the amount of dress that's taken up by the curve of your backside mm-hmm. takes up a lot more. I mean, same thing with your pants. When you sit down, the way your knee bends, now all of a sudden your pants that were hitting the top of your foot are above your ankle just because of how curves work. Well, that happens with your butt when you're wearing a dress.
0: Maybe and they don't sit down. They,
1: or maybe that's the point. But it's 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 crazy to me how hard it must be to find a formal dress for a girl who wants to dress modestly and to encourage her in that direction. When everything she sees on the rack in the store is made up of a, a yard of fabric. <laughs> Generously speaking, the
0: manufacturers are like loving it because they can charge just as much and use a fraction of a, a
1: third material. of the material. Maybe, reals. but maybe
0: you have to like, you have a lot left over now with the material scrap. I don't know. I'm not a seamstress. No, I'm seemster? sure they seemster seamster uh professional clothier yeah i don't know, if <clears throat> I don't know a... either um that's amusing speaking of fighting our christmas is full on in this house right now the kids are upstairs decorating the tree we brought back from the cabin and they're eating uh these peppermint covered pretzels we got at costco listening to christmas music and there is
1: and they also- spruce needles
0: boiling in water so with, it's like full sensory experience with right now.
1: orange peel with the spruce needles right. uh they also you did not see this but i don't know earlier in the month old navy had their christmas pajamas half off and so i bought them christmas pajamas and i handed them to elise as she was going up the stairs to join her siblings so it's possible that they'll all be attired in christmas probably except for titus In Christmas pajamas when we go back upstairs, and here's funny. Here's an unpopular opinion. Mm -hmm. I like Old Navy's gender-neutral Christmas pajama line. I know there's a lot of people who feel. Are they actually
0: pitching and selling it as gender-neutral? They
1: are. Who cares?
0: It's cut. Make the cut really, really generic in print. Generic well, pure reindeer. So on
1: what? It. So what? Our kids have... Don't call it anything. If I remember, I haven't even opened the package since I ordered it a month ago. But if what our kid, which I probably should, considering what we got in the Eddie Bauer order that i placed. Oh yeah,
0: you should. <laughs> you guys, Molly ordered. Um, our kids don't listen to the show. She ordered a pink down vest. juniors girl vest for. One I of ordered our four.
1: Two of them have arrived. The third one, the supposedly third one, arrived. The
0: third one is this really nice men's extra large tall my size well i'm more of a large um like down jacket with a fur like, like fur really, lined hood and really
1: uh, like, high count high down count
0: yeah, yeah. i don't so, i absolutely don't need it i have a down jacket i just so i paid adore, like twenty dollars
1: for this kid's down vest that was half off and probably got, got a 200 hundred yeah. dollar jacket in return which i still need to i can't find the packing slip now to submit a complaint about it to get my don't all you got
0: to send a photo this is in their favor
1: oh yeah so anyway um i like the fact that old navy has so what our kids have is titus has flannel loose fitting blue and green plaid pajamas the top and the bottom and the girls have the same plaid pattern but in cotton stretchy form-fitting top and bottom. Not, like, super form-fitting, but pajama, cotton pajama form-fitting. And it just makes it, if they're so-called gender neutral, it makes it easy to match your kids without the boy having to wear something ridiculous. And honestly, I don't like silly girly girly stuff or silly sayings about, a lot of children's pajamas have sayings that I think are dumb on them. So just plain old plaid It just feels more tasteful and classic to me. And so I have zero problem with the fact that Old Navy is marketing these so-called gender-neutral pajamas so that the boy can wear girls' pajamas or whatever. Uh, It's just more tasteful designs for pajamas in general.
0: All the ads that come up for Old Navy, the first ads, all the first visual ads that come up under DuckDuckGo's images for Old Navy gender-neutral Christmas PJs, they're all black kids.
1: Good. There's a lot of black kids in America, and they probably go to sleep, so they yeah, need to be Yeah, but pajamas. is that kind of
0: racist by saying black kids are all gender neutral? They're the ones with transgender problems?
1: <laughs> I feel
0: like... This, this could go both ways. <laughs>
1: you know, that's actually a really interesting question. I don't know what the breakdown of of gender dysphoria, gender transitioning is by race. But that would be a really interesting question to research because my gut instinct is that is that the current way that gender dysphoria is manifested in America is an extremely western phenomenon. You don't have kids in Africa as Matt Walsh in his video which I have not seen but have heard a lot about and seen that you know he's in Africa and he's asking these people what is a woman and telling these African tribesmen about Americans transitioning and they're just flabbergasted it's so absurd right right? because it is absurd you don't have gender dysphoria issues I mean the very small percentage of people who actually experience true gender dysphoria is probably an international age long problem but the current modern American slash western manifestation of gender dysphoria as described like in Abigail Schreier's book Oh, what's it, Abigail Shire's book called now? I can't remember. Oh, look it up. Anyway, uh, that is uniquely a Western phenomenon, and she points to the skyrocketing in mental health problems, particularly in adolescent girls, to almost precise correlation. Irreversible damage. Irreversible damage. Is
0: Abigail Shire's book.
1: So, so in that book, she points out that we actually didn't have a huge crisis of mental health issues in adolescence until adolescents each had an iPhone in their hands and had access to social media 24-7. And obviously, if you're a poor kid in Guatemala or in Kenya, you don't have an iPhone, you don't have access to all of these incredibly influential things that ways that the internet and social media are influencing your brain, including all of these reddit forums where people are being encouraged to tra- to transition, where they're being given strategies con- to convince people that they should transition, where they're being tr- pressured tremendously. And this is what um, this is where my gut instinct is going with this. I think that the number of transitions are probably more middle to upper class white white people uh, my, the reason I think that I'm thinking particularly of one, uh, I think it's on Substack. I will send you this link. If people want to do a deep dive into a story of a girl who in high school decided to transition without her parents' permission and the way her peers on the internet, first of all, pressured her into even considering transgenderism and then coached her into how to interact with her family in a way that basically set her family up to fail they they were in a a lose-lose situation because of the way that she was coached in how to approach them about her gender issues and then the day that she turned 18 she drove a couple hours to Chicago went to a Planned Parenthood in a like 15 minute conversation with a Planned Parenthood person, got a year-long prescription for a high dose of testosterone, went to college, failed out of college, turned it like, anyway, it's a very, very compelling long article that brought out of a lot of things I had never heard of or understood before, like the fact that in the midst of all of this mental health breakdown that she was having, she started having these crazy rage issues, and she would take it out on cutting herself or on breaking things. And she was like, I, I literally can't describe the feeling inside of me. That was this rage. And so then I'm talking to my counselor about this rage issue. And she's like, you know what it was? It was the fact that I had massive doses of testosterone pumping through my body.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that that can, that'll do it. And I'd never heard that before. So that was a real interesting thing to me. That uh, anger issues... Popping up in girls who are taking these huge doses of testosterone. No way it wrecked her body then and ongoing things. Anyway, it's a great article. I'll share it with you. But part of her thing was she had this very unique taste in music when she was in high school, and none of her peers in her high school liked that music that she liked. And so she felt like an outsider. And she found a group of people in a Reddit forum. Who all had this similar taste in music. And all of a sudden, for the first time in her life, she feels like she fits in. Like she's one of these people. And then she starts diving into this community and they're like, well, your opinion about music, right? About this Mm -hmm. weird music doesn't count because you're a cis white woman. And she's like, it has nothing to do with my race or my gender or my socioeconomic class. We're talking about like weird niches of music. And So just, just to be harassed less in this music forum on Reddit, she changed her pronouns from she, her to they, them, and she experienced a ton less harassment because all of a sudden she's part of this, um, she has, she has oppression points. If you're an understand, understander of critical race theory, you know, you get different points, for being part of an oppressed class. And so the, the cis white man is, like, you know, the worst on the planet, and the cis white woman is just after that. Anyway, so by changing her pronouns, she says, then I started wondering, well, if I'm more accepted like this, maybe this is actually who I am. Maybe I I should actually mess around with my identity to match the pronouns that have made me be more accepted. And that hmm. sent her down that slide. And... So I'm, I don't know. My gut instinct is that there's probably more affluent white people, although I'm sure there's a healthy number of minority uh, people in the United States who are dabbling in gender transitions as well. But anyway, um, I doubt any of those people are wearing Old Navy pajamas. Let's be honest.
0: I here's my opinion. <clears throat> I don't care. I, I have a similar opinion to so the, the airport local airport here, um, in Billings, um, went recently. They did a big big remodel, and um, they did not go with totally genderless bathrooms. However, they still designated male female. But every single stall is a private enclosed room.
1: I'm fine with that.
0: I don't really care. I. It's going to make, like my first thought was like, construction costs are going to go through yeah. the roof. Uh-huh. But I've been in Bangladesh where they have just a single bathroom. The men line up at the, at the trough to pee in uh-huh. and you'll be peeing and a woman will walk in behind you and go in a stall to go to the bathroom.
1: Uh-huh. My, I remember. I honestly the, don't really. care. The very first time we ever went to Guatemala on a missions trip, I think it was my brother, but it might have been my dad. Was using the bathroom at the school that we were working mm-hmm. at, I think, or somewhere, and the cleaning lady walks in and just starts <laughs> doing her thing right around them. There was no closed sign. She just, she just started cleaning right around them, and they were like, "What." Okay, not in America. I either. was
0: at an avalanche workshop at Big Sky two weeks ago, and the cleaning lady did the exact same thing. I'm in a stall going to the bathroom, and she's knocking on anybody here. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going in here." She's like, "Okay, I'm coming to get some paper towels and do some things." And I'm like, "All right." This <laughs> was just like, I was more like concerned about her than me. I gotta do your thing. I don't care.
1: That's <laughs> so that's really interesting because really that funny. is not a third world um,
0: country. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, my whole point. I, like, I f- call them whatever you want, genderless or whatever, or just call it, like it used to be called what, what didn't it used to be called unisex?
1: Yeah. Or I mean, Ikea has had family bathrooms for years. Oh, yeah. Where a man or a woman can go in and it's set up where you can bring a kid in and not yeah, when you've
0: got um, young kids, family bathrooms are brilliant. But I think it just was called unisex. So they changed yeah. the term to kind of conform with all of the stupid modern standards we have and, and you know, post-industrial, post... This post that America,
1: I as long as I don't have a girl who is being put upon by a man who's making her yeah. feel threatened Correct. by being in what she's not be a, a fan of locker rooms, space for genderless her.
0: locker room. You know that yeah. that that's a little bit more concerning to yeah. me. Yeah,
1: but I mean I'm not gonna. So this is something interesting. J. Well,
0: example, exa- really quick before you get to interesting mm-hmm. thing. Perfect example is when you're at a restaurant and they've got two fully enclosed single holers with door locks you know like two separate rooms Mm -hmm. they only contain one person one is marked men one is marked women i've always thought that was really really dumb
1: yeah it is dumb because there's always a line for the women's room and there never is for the men's the only
0: reason you would maybe mark that as men's is because you could find a urinal in there but a woman doesn't need to use it like just call it a bathroom do we have a kid
1: trying to get in here no, we don't. Oh, I thought I heard the knock. The
0: dog is barking, and, yeah. oh, and UPS probably UPS showed delivery. up for somebody.
1: Uh, so, no, this actually goes into something I've been thinking about in a couple of areas this week, where there are people with really strong opinions out there. And there are yeah. things that I, I, I look at them and I go, I, I'm a pretty opinionated person in a lot of ways. That is not something I care about. So, for example... The homeschool Instagram world right now, there were, I'm not a part of a ton of them, but I follow some of them and some of them were responding back and forth. And apparently there are a fair number of homeschooling Christian families in America who really believe that you're indoctrinating your kids in pagan theology by having a Christmas tree. There are people who are hardcore, our kids must believe in Santa people, which I am, I think we've talked about this before. I'm, even if I had, I don't have the energy or the passion to do all that stuff in a way that would make my kids believe. Our kids, we don't do the tooth fairy because I never have enough cash on hand when they start losing their teeth. (laughs) And also, a quarter seems chintzy, a dollar seems like a lot, especially when they have so many teeth.
0: But with inflation right now, and it's got to be at least 2 bucks. Four
1: kids. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of dollars. And then to get under their pillow while I'm doing all the other things I have to do at night, it's it's a lot of energy. Same thing with the Santa stuff.
0: Well, then you forget. Like the kid, you're like, go put your, we'll put the tooth under the pillow. And then you forget and the tooth is still under the pillow and you have to come up and excuse, oh, maybe the tooth fairy was off for the weekend. Yeah.
1: I just, I don't have time for that. My kids don't have, don't do any of that make-believe stuff, partly because I think it's silly and partly because I don't have the energy to do it, but I'm not like a, you're damning your kids to hell by celebrating Santa, or you're going to disillusion your kids forever that you, that you're willing to lie to them if you, if, when they find out that Santa's not real and that you were Santa all along, which are people who believe that you're going to psychologically damage your kids for life. Uh I also, I mean, it does seem like there's a bit of trauma in kids when parents, when they've really believed in Santa and the parents have to talk them down from that and then keep it going for the younger siblings. Again, I don't have the energy for that. If you came to my house, you guys, you would see that I clearly don't have the time or energy for extra things like that because I can't even do the normal things well.
0: Sometimes, and this is my podcast, I want to tell parents to check their psyche Something's wrong upstairs when they're just like super. So, in, like, see, so yeah, I why? mean, if,
1: if it's so important to them, though, fine, do it. I, yeah, I'm not I, gonna come like cut down your Christmas tree. I'm not gonna come tell your kids that Santa's not real. I'm gonna encourage my kids if you if your kids think Santa's real to, um, you know, to not ruin that for them. That's not their place. I so, I guess I'm just
0: so I'm, paganism and Christmas trees.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, obviously our kids are decorating our These Christmas These are the homeschoolers I don't want
0: to be friends right with. Right now. Ooh, that was really harsh.
1: You know, I mean, th- here's the thing, JR. They probably, will, we
0: probably have some listeners out there that are like, I'm shutting you off right now. No, no, no. I don't no. like you at all.
1: It's not that we don't want to be friends with them. They wouldn't want to be friends with us. Fair. <laughs> I, I, I would just sit there like, and go,
0: you're weird and hard. I feel like I should pitch our stickers.
1: Yeah. Oh, we should have Christmas tree. People are weird and hard stickers or <laughs> ornaments. <laughs> Buy a "People Are Weird oh, and Hard" man. sticker and stick it on a on an ornament ball for the tree that you may or may not have in your house. No, I guess I I feel like this goes a little bit to the genderless bathroom thing. It goes a little bit to the the modesty thing. Perhaps the more I grow in Christian maturity, the the softer my opinions become in some ways. Because it just doesn't matter that much to me. As long as we are keeping the main thing the main thing, which is the gospel in our own lives and in our kids' lives. As long as we're living in a way that shows love and service to other people. And as long as our kids feel secure and have joy in their own lives. I I don't care if you have a Christmas tree or not. I don't care yeah. if you're if you have a genderless bathroom or not. I don't care... And this is the other place where this has come up for me is you bumped into somebody from our church on Friday night and he was like oh, you drink? And you were like, Yep. And uh, and, and Which then, is funny
0: because he was there drinking too. That, it, it was that is amazing. actually funny. The whole thing was amusing. Because you
1: were at a pub. Yeah.
0: Funny to see you here. You know, Christians drinking in bars. I'm like, Well, you're here. Yeah, true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then and then our sermon on Sunday, I feel like So the, the man who was preaching is not our normal preacher. And he, he spent more time than I would have been used to somebody spending, uh, talking about drinking where he was like, I used to be a hardcore teetotaler, but now I'm not, but uh, you know, and I'm not encouraging you, I'm not encouraging you to start drinking, but also, I mean, and he did them, he had done the math that it was, he's like, Jesus, very first miracle. I don't know what proof it was. But his very first miracle was making approximately 750 bottles worth of wine. I feel like that says something. It wasn't non-alcoholic wine. I feel like that says something. He, he
0: made a comment. So he's a, so we've got... he's. Uh, I find our church... Um, interesting is the wrong word. I really... Because really, I know our pastor listens to this show. I love the fact that we have... And it seems slightly incongruous... We have non-elders, lay leaders in our church that will preach, that are seminary-trained, former pastors, for whatever reason, have left full-time. But, like, they're preachers. And this, and this particular guy was, you know, I jokingly referred to him. I was like, man, even their third stringers are really good. <laughs> you know? And he's not even, like, one of the church's elders. Yeah. And it's like, but he made, so he was retired. All that to say is he's a retired, uh, I Baptist believe he told pastor. me he was a retired Baptist pastor. More Southern than Northern. And um, he, so he made a reference to, he made a comment not related to that story yet. He was still just kind of back on the whole, don't be drunk with wine. And which he landed 100% on where I land on that whole issue. But he he made a comment. He goes, I don't know what proof it was back then. Because one of the major arguments. Is that it wasn't super Well, well I, it was like more like our grape juice today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Yeah. Try getting drunk on Welch's.
1: Uh, the thing is, is before pasteurization, if Welch just sat in a tub for two days, it was alcoholic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I actually referred, I referred, uh, speaking of, of alcoholic, of just random drinks and time periods. I actually referred a friend recently to the history of the world in six glasses.
1: That's such a great book. I haven't thought that about that so for funny. a while. If you guys want a really fast <sighs> Christmas read, JR's looking it up to link it right now. It's a book that my brother gave me years ago called The History of the World in Six Glasses, and he looks at what was the main beverage consumed by the majority population of the world in various eras of history, and how that (coughs) those influenced and reflected the ethos of the time, and uh, it's a great, fun, fast read. It would be a great... Christmas break. Right? We we derail ourselves. Or a great gift to somebody oh, yeah. that you don't know what to get them if they yeah, like to read.
0: For sure. Because um, it talks about coffee and water and beer and... Wine. Wine.
1: Um, tea. tea. So you think about okay. colonialism, tea, yep. and coffee. Coffee yeah. was discovered at the... Um, Turn in
0: the Renaissance, the Enlightenment period, the
1: very beginning of the Enlightenment period. So one of the very funny things that he says is, is water was not sanitary through the whole Middle Ages. Right. And so in order to drink something that wasn't going to give you raging diarrhea nonstop, you would drink beer because it had basically probiotic qualities in it and the water had been boiled. And they didn't know why at that time that boiling the water to make the beer was killing pathogens they just knew that beer didn't make them sick, and so he he said they basically everyone went through the Middle Ages drunk, and then all of a sudden they discover coffee, and they go from this drunken stupor to this hyper caffeinated. No wonder the Enlightenment <laughs> happened. Then. <laughs> but then that drove a lot of the economics of the day because coffee was highly in demand, and then and then when tea became the the drink du jour, think about how much the British quest for tea drove their colonialism, uh, in places like England or India and, uh, moving towards China and, and then, uh, Coca-Cola, it was the, the modern beverage because it's the beverage of globalism. Um,
0: yeah, it's a great book. I'll include the link in the show notes. Okay. Before we get back to whatever it was we were talking about when you're, when you're using our sermon as an example on Sunday of something.
1: Uh, I was talking about how in my in my old age like my old age. Guys, in 2 weeks I turn 43. My old 43. age. 43. I I just feel like a lot of those things I I don't have the time and energy to fight about those things with people and I don't know. I just you do you. You follow the spirit. Just figure out your core values for your family and hopefully those core values have something around the fruit of the spirit and the gospel, and just just live that out. Loving no, it's a, a good
0: parallel people. to Sunday's sermon because it, you know I'm thinking about all of the families I grew up grew up with, uh, all the homeschool families, and they just they emphasized a lot of things that were not helpful. They were behavioral things. They weren't heart oriented things. I
1: wonder how many of those people are like Josh Harris followers now.
0: I don't know, but like the you know, the parallel or the application of the sermon is being, be filled with the spirit, be filled with the spirit. And that will help you do those other things. And Mm -hmm. so instead you're filling up with rules. Because the
1: parallel of the sermon was, he talked about, you were like a gardening glove and what fills the glove is your hand. And that's what controls it. So he kept like waving Mm -hmm. one hand Mm -hmm. around, like the glove that's filled with with wine, because it's, it's parallel words. Do not be filled with wine because that controls you. And he said, it's not just, if if you're not being controlled by alcoholic drink, what is controlling you? That's not, that's like, not the Now spirit? I want to
0: step on your toes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Is it, is it your love of social media? Is it your love of acceptance? Is it whatever, whatever drives you and don't be filled with that, but be filled with the Holy spirit. So there's a the contrast there that I, had never seen in that passage in Ephesians before. So we did that.
0: Yeah. So anyway, moving on. um, As you know, we've started taking listener calls and listener things. So we'll be hearing from Rachel a little bit later in the show. Um, And if you do have something, a story you want to share that's just fun or whatever, um, send me a call. uh, Leave me a voicemail. Sorry. 406-318-7136. Cousin Paul just messaged me.
1: Aw, did he Signal. send you a picture of him in his Christmas hat?
0: No. Uh we should post that for everybody though at some point. Paul, I know you're gonna listen to the show today or tomorrow, so please post your Christmas hat. You you do the like twenty one days of Christmas hats or something. Anyway.
1: He has you guys Paul is a male, He's man, a male man and he does a walking route and he has a for the month of December. Although he started today, so he must do for Advent. Ah, uh, he started today because his wife posted a picture on Instagram. Oh, did Instagram. she? Uh, it, he wears a different Christmas-themed hat. And he started really traditional, which is an old school. So
0: he sends me a hat. message. He goes, yeah, and a super trippy thing just happened. Someone on my route is mailing you a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> Unless That's there awesome. are others on Blue Spruce. Well, there's a lot of people on Blue Spruce, Blue Spruce but there's only Blue Spruce us.
1: Billings, Montana? There's eight,
0: and there's only us that are
1: there. Are Friesens, well, Friesens, or two parents are or Whatever. There's two Friesens on oh. Blue Spruce. Could be your parents.
0: Could be. That's really That's funny, though. Really That's funny. Super, super. I wonder wild. if it's
1: family or if it's somebody random in Salem, Oregon. That's super fun.
0: It is. I'm telling you right now. Knock on their door and introduce yourself.
1: Hilarious, hilarious. So. <sighs> Um, oh, one more place that I have had a, wow, that's a really interesting thing to have a really strong opinion about. I don't have that opinion. Okay, you do you, but I'm not going to do you. Okay? Uh, on this homeschooling, reformed homeschooling forum that I'm a part of on Facebook, somebody was complaining slash asking for alternative music, Christmas music, not Christmas, Advent music selections for their kids because they their kids were complaining that their Advent music selection was too dreary. So if you're a traditional church calendar person, you don't actually listen to Joy to the World, the Lord has come until Christmas. Because that's a Christmas song, and Advent, which yesterday was the first Sunday in Advent, Advent is the time of anticipating and of waiting and of recognizing for uh, for waiting for the Messiah to come. Let it
0: snow, let it snow. No, no.
1: It's more, come thou long-expected Jesus. Jesus. It's the dreary, life is hard, we're in the wilderness, we're waiting for the Savior to come. Long, somber, self-reflective, why do we need a Savior because the world is hard people are weird and hard and hard uh, there's there's no advent songs about that but maybe there should be if anybody out there is a songwriter uh and so this person was saying my my kids don't like that I, i'm only letting them listen to dreary advent music until christmas and can anybody recommend cheerful advent music to listen to and I was like I got a solution for you it's called Christmas music got a whole playlist I can share with you or you can just search for it anywhere on the oh, internet man. and then somebody was like well that's the point of the advent music it's supposed to be dreary could you imagine doing that to our kids from now until Christmas where like you can't sing joy to the world you can't sing well you probably certainly can't sing jingle bells cause that's not a Christmas song Christian song at all but um
0: Our kids would disown us. Well, here's the thing. Here's the
1: thing. It would be such a battle for our kids because they love playing. They love Christmas music. They love Mm. having it play upstairs. Right then, they would be. They would be really sad. And do I want to make four kids ages eleven through four sad as we anticipate Christmas, or am I totally fine with saying, you know what? Yes, Advent is a season of recognizing the long wait that we have had. Uh, or that Israel had in waiting for their Savior to come and that we as believers now have in waiting for Christ to come again and to set all of the wrongs right that we see in our world right now. I can say, yes, this is a season of waiting and anticipating Christ's second coming and recognizing in somber, somberness, is that a word? Our need for him while at the same time saying, you know what? Let's be happy and celebrate Christmas music because he did come. Jesus has been born and we don't have to enforce. And I, I guess I would make a terrible Anglican or Episcopalian or Orthodox person because that violates the church calendar. Uh, Can't violate
0: that church calendar. You lose your salvation.
1: Well, I I mean, if you find great joy and satisfaction and your family is united in enjoying this celebration together, or you and your husband have great conviction You and your spouse have great conviction that, you know, the church calendar is shaping us spiritually in a helpful way. Go for it. I myself am a little bit befuddled at the deep conviction that we should only listen to somber Advent music until Christmas Day. And that's me. But it was just one of those where I was like, wow. Yeah, same. Wow, that's a battle that I didn't even occur to me to fight. And now that it has occurred to me. I won't be fighting that. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, So, you guys, um, I'm going to give you two things that I learned in my kids' school this last week. And then, ding
0: ding 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 ding, do 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 da 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 da. Is that the The more you know?
1: The homeschooling jingle. (laughs)
0: I'm making it up.
1: Okay, you guys. Molly gives you facts. Uh, because you guys need to know the fact that crabs, the crustacean... You
0: don't want crabs. The medication <laughs> Not, that the Not that kind.
1: Not that kind. Sorry. Okay. So crabs can range... Great. Okay, here's <clears throat> another pop quiz. Remember we had the what percentage of the world's animals are invertebrates? The answer was 97%. What size range can crabs, the crustaceans, be? They can be anywhere from mm to mm in size. According to my kid's textbook, crabs can range in size. And granted, I I don't actually love all of the things. This is an Elise's textbook, which is a first, second grade level textbook. And I've taken issue with a couple of things that they've said in there. So take this with a little bit of a grain of salt. But according to that, crabs can range in size from half an inch to 12 feet. <laughs> this is the stuff alien movies are made of. So, of course, I had to Google. You've got to be kidding me, right? A 12-foot crab. And if you just do a quick Google search for giant crabs, uh, you will find... Aliens. Videos that look like people are holding aliens. Aliens. And um, there's ones that are like a lot heftier. And are, look like they could do a lot of damage to you. And then there's ones that are like all legs. And they look like aliens. If they were made <laughs> of metal and not whatever a crab's shell is made of, calcium and something else, they would actually be... What's that movie that happened in South Africa?
0: Oh, oh that's a great movie.
1: Yeah, they would belong in that movie. So um, anyway, Nasty. I'm going to find a YouTube video... For JR. I gotta to look up the link. movie in South
0: Africa because I'm totally flaking out it now. It's great And
1: movie. Um, you can just
0: Something nine?
1: It was like a zone or sector or something. It was a part of the town that they walled off, right? It was
0: something nine, yeah.
1: Um so anyway, um crabs can be absolutely giant. And that's terrifying.
0: How do you remember?
1: These th- things? yeah,
0: that they would fit in that movie, district nine
1: I don't know, I movie just movie. I don't like movies like that i they so something oh, I do. something awesome. stuck in my brain from that.
0: if any of you guys that, can point me to some really good sci-fi and fantasy stuff that I haven't already watched, let me know because I'm always looking for good for good sci-fi and fantasy okay,
1: the other interesting school thing <clears throat> is uh drone bees. This is this was from two weeks ago when we were doing insects. Mm-hmm. We're obviously in invertebrates right now. Uh, drone bees. So Lily's reading, and female all worker bees are female. The queen, whose entire purpose in life is to lay eggs, is obviously female. And her, the only thing
0: her textbook Unless she's transitioned or the male.
1: only thing her textbook said was drone bees don't they're the males. They don't really do anything. And if the female worker bees determine that they're consuming too many of the hive's resources, i.e. eating the honey without doing any of the work because they don't do any of the work, they just drive them out or eat them or kill them. So then we were like, well, what is a drone bee good for? Well, drone bees, the male bees, they don't have stingers either. Their entire purpose in life is... <laughs> is uh, Diversification in the gene pool for for um, for other hives. Wow! So they, so they just
0: run around, and have sex.
1: Yeah, they find ver- they find virgin queens, <laughs> and they mate with them, and they can apparently, and the queens can apparently oh then absorb word. the genetic material of multiple males from various hives, and then they go back and they lay the eggs in their own hive. And they I never provide... learned any of
0: this stuff in school.
1: <laughs> I didn't either. Is homeschooling great? <laughs> I just got a text from somebody, from an acquaintance who was like, "I'm contemplating, literally just now, I'm contemplating homeschooling my kids. I've never had this conviction before. What do I even? Where do I even start with this?" And I was like, "Well, you start with learning how incredibly cool it is to find out that the sole point of drone bees." Is genetic diversity in hives, and that's not actually that important because if the female worker bees are like, mm, "You're eating too much honey, you're out." <laughs> it's it's important. They serve You could their make a, you
0: could make a sci-fi movie on this plot. This line. is
1: also super. Actually, Nick Freitas, who is a uh, senator or a representative somewhere, uh-huh. he was he was making fun of. His wife's bee colony the other day. I was like, "Yeah." My wife told me she wants to start cultivating a matriarchal society where the males only exist for sex, and then they get driven out when their purposes are served. He's exactly. Like... And then his this wife is a, chimes... This is a
0: post-apocalyptic. His
1: wife chimes in from the other side movie. of the porch. He, if you guys don't follow Nick Freda, says, um, "Here's a very, very niche thing that only you will appreciate that I'm going to tell you. I'm fairly certain." So he's he's a former military guy. He's now a representative somewhere from some state on the East Coast. He does all these Instagram videos where he always has a coffee cup in his hand and he makes some witty cultural commentary and then he takes a sip of coffee and it's like a side profile video. If you've ever seen those, that's who this Mm -hmm. guy that I'm talking about is. But he, um, he also... So Titus, when he went to that judo tournament last fall, the President's Cup, there's a Freitas, a girl... Listed as one of the participants. oh, I've seen his stuff. Um, I'm fairly certain that the girl on that is his daughter, because she's a she's a college elite level wrestler.
0: The girl on on what? On
1: Tito's t-shirt, his President's Cup t-shirt that lists oh. all of the participants.
0: Oh, really? I'm
1: fairly certain it's his daughter. If
0: she was in that, if she was in that tournament, her name would be on the back.
1: Yeah, I, I I've. Anyway, that's only you and I care about that. Nobody else listening. But um, yeah, so drone bees, um, just something interesting that I learned. I don't think we're going to turn this into a bee or a crab podcast quite like we have praying mantises, but it's still fun to, to know and learn these things. Oh, here's the other thing. Do you know how a queen is made? So bees she's crowned bees royal
0: bloodlines no Bee bloodlines
1: bees not only there's nothing special about a queen bee's egg when it's like growing what or when it's la- been laid bees not only make honey they also make this thing called royal jelly and I don't I don't know exactly okay. what's in royal jelly but they feed. <laughs>
0: That's not, awful. I'm Who not... comes up with this stuff? Some scientists is like, what are we going to call that? Uh,
1: no, 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 no. It's like a jelly-like jelly. substance. It's not as sticky as honey. And it makes the queen. It's this special nutritional thing that they only feed the larva that they want to make the next queen. So if the queen is sick, they will actually kill her off. The, worker, the female worker bees will kill her off. And then we'll start feeding... A larva, they pick somehow in the hive mind that bees have, they pick the, spe- the larva that they want to start feeding royal jelly. And that produces this bigger than everybody else, capable of laying all the eggs for the hive, queen bee.
0: Where does the royal jelly come from? Again? They
1: make it and they keep it in reserve, just like they make this honey and they keep it in reserve.
0: <laughs> this is so weird.
1: If we want to keep bees, we have to learn these things. This is so weird. It is weird. It is weird. It's so cool though. The way God made all of this stuff. Do you? It is so much easier. Okay. Here's another intellectually lazy thing that I do. I I'm not gonna put up put up a fight about what Christmas music versus Advent music. The, the whole point of this is Molly is a lot more intellectually and so and it spiritually lazy than anybody ever thought. That's the title of this podcast episode. Um. It is so much easier to look for me, to look at that and be like, it's amazing how God made bees to operate. The whole royal jelly and then honey has special medicinal qualities for us, for humans. And there are people who will consume royal jelly for things. And bees make enough honey for people, and yet they make enough to keep themselves alive if there's a food shortage. And, um, you know, the way that the workers and the drones and the I mean, they don't don't talk, but they have this incredibly intricate planning system that they're doing, and they're all working together. And if you see something bad happen to a hive... They all work together and they protect the eggs and they transfer all of their resources to a new place that they all just decide on.
0: I am now no longer worried about praying mantises taking over humanity. I'm worried about hive bees taking over humanity. Be
1: worried about those black and white wasps that are coming over from Asia taking over, not bees. Um, no, it's if, I mean, if they don't really here's aliens. the thing though, JR, if you're a beekeeper and the bees don't feel threatened by you which they don't feel threatened by, like, the pheromones you admit, the fear pheromones when you're near them, as well as other things. They don't, they're not, they don't hurt you. They won't sting you. Because remember, they sting you and they die. So stinging is a last resort. Uh, but it is so much easier for me to look at all of that and be like, wow, God did all of that probably with a single thought or less. And he made these incredibly intricate creatures that have this incredibly intricate interplay with humanity in that, you know, it's not just that they give us honey, it's also that they pollinate all the things for us. And God did all of that in a thought versus somehow all of this evolved. And, uh, you know, it's so much easier for me to credit things like that to God than to figure out, try to figure out the mechanics of how evolution got them to the point of doing that. And I am glad that I am not in a spiritual place where I'm having to figure out the mental gymnastics of things that I can just say, wow, God, you're amazing. Good job. (laughs) So anyway, that's that's the homeschool, what Molly learned this week. And now, because I know everyone's dying to know how our Thanksgiving turkey went, (laughs) I will tell you all.
0: Okay, let's see. We're at 54. Well, we're actually not at 54 because we had that whole like 10 minutes of a recording where we didn't actually do anything until we started the show. So
1: go ahead. Okay. So we, we spent Thanksgiving at my parents' cabin, which we talked about last week. There's no electricity. This old wood stove that has a date stamped on it from 1890. It was in the original 1912 homestead. And it's this incredible, I would say majestic because that's the brand the
0: great majestic stove company
1: it's it's this beautiful wood stove that is both heating and cooking on a stovetop surface as well as an oven and then three different sections for warming and
0: so interesting interesting thing guys and we we've noticed i picked up on this probably the first when ty and i were up there as we talked about on i don't know two episodes ago uh when we we're up there cooking we decided just cook on the old majestic because we could um but you don't you know, a normal stove has different sized burners and to dial in the temperature you've got knobs that adjust how much you know fuel you're feeding the flame and that's how you control your temperature well this stove doesn't do that everything is the same everything is the same uh all the stove tops are the same size and you can take them out so you could literally put a pan directly over fire if you wanted to but as the stove moves the way they've designed it
1: firebox is on the far left
0: right the firebox is on the far left so as the stove moves from left to right each burner gets steadily colder with the rear ones being hotter than the front ones
1: and it would
0: take it's a cool design probably
1: not not years of of cooking on it to master that but more than a weekend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but the first night we wanted to see how hot we could get it and calibrate the temperature. Cause it's, it goes the again, gauge. the
0: stove dial, the stove temperature dial is not in temperature. It's not in uh, degrees. It's from zero to 12. 12. And so we're like, is that scale? What does it even mean? Is that like a logarithmic scale sort of thing? Does it get like less, you know, how, how does that even work?
1: So the first night we were there, uh, we got it going. I cooked taco meat over the top of it. And then while we were waiting for the other second wave of us to arrive, we kept feeding fuel into it. And we got it up to, what, 550? I
0: think and we got it to 550, 575. <coughs> and I actually wrote down roughly, and I think I have that piece of paper floating around somewhere, at each what the temperature number. was at each number. So just for fun, I, if we get it all together, we'll, when we took pictures of everything. We did. We'll, we'll, Jr. We'll wanted do to blog. document everything. We we'll put a blog post so up. So I
1: cooked the taco meat on it, and then right before we ate, I threw a. We were having crunchy tacos, so I threw a cookie sheet of crunchy shells in there and forgot about them. And they were all black as black can be when I remembered them a few minutes earlier later, because we had maxed. We're talking
0: like. We two had minutes not
1: later. maxed it like out at 90 seconds later. Yeah. And so uh, I through put those outside because it set off the smoke detector which made the girls afraid that the cabin was going to burn down and started over and had them in for just 30 seconds they were a little bit toasted they were great the next day got the fire going again baked a wild berry galette in it
0: well let's back up for a second so when you were doing the taco stuff you're sitting there and i could just see light bulbs and stuff going in your head you're like pizza oh this that's is right pizza temperatures Be- it's so pizza then temperatures she started s- but it's
1: also a wood fired oven you guys so then pizza. molly
0: started scouring the cabin going how much flour do we have do we have this whatever and, and then jim pipes up well, i think we got some sourdough starter in the fridge and you're just like oh. totally that i totally forgot all of a sudden all up. of a sudden she's coming up. she's like what can i make
1: so i made sourdough <laughs> cheese bread for lunch the next day and oh, the
0: cheese bread was phenomenal. Because
1: it's a wood-fired oven that yeah. we had fairly hot. So, anyway, so I made the sourdough cheese bread. Gillette. I made a wild Wyoming. berry, wild berry galette, which oh, is basically a rustic so pie. Good. So instead of doing a pie plate, you just do it really flat, and then. And have we
0: shared your pie pie filling that you canned?
1: I don't think we have.
0: Oh my gosh, you guys! This pie filling is unreal. We'll put it up on the on the blog post.
1: So it's not actually that super special, you guys. It's, yeah, a this... ba- it's a bag of the wild berries from Costco, frozen, and then a couple of spices, and then to can, those of you guys who can know that you can't, you, you have to have a special gelling material in order to gel it. So you mix that with lemon juice, and then I added, I think, some cloves and cinnamon to the and sugar to this. It's kind of a real basic berry pie filling
0: Uh, real basic that like blows your mind it was good
1: and then so i made that and it turned out great and then i made lily had wanted lily doesn't like pie she doesn't like berry pie so i told her she could do a chocolate dessert and so we did and this jr has to share the recipe for it's mel's kitchen cafe surprise surprise gooey chocolate chip cookie pie and it's sort of the texture of pecan pie, if you think about the gooey filling that gets kind of a, sh- a crust on the top of the burnt or the caramelized sugar, and then, because it's mostly butter, eggs, and sugar, and then there's a little bit of flour, and the chocolate chips all sink to the bottom, and I thought we had... They didn't
0: really sink to the bottom. There was like a layer of well, chocolate was... chip deliciousness right through the middle.
1: Well, because there was it's actually pie, so there was a pie crust on the bottom. And I made it in a cast iron pan because we didn't have any pie plates up there that were deep enough for it me to be assured that it wouldn't overflow. So that turned out great. And then it was just time because we were going to have Jr. and the men were all going to take Titus out deer hunting in the evening. And then we were going to have Thanksgiving dinner at a normal dinner time. So I started stoking the fire to do, after I got all the pies done, to do a, uh, again, Mel's Kitchen Cafe turkey recipe where you blast the turkey at, what was the temperature? At 500 for as many minutes as the turkey is heavy. So it was a 20-pound turkey, so 20 minutes. I'm supposed to blast it at 500. And then you lower, you cover it and lower the heat to 400, I think, and cook it for two hours. So I start feeding f- fire in, and for the tacos the night before, it had taken like 30 minutes to get the fire up to 500. And I'm feeding it in and feeding it in and it's maxed out at three hundred.
0: Now, that said the room you guys at this point was, we it have, was.
1: It wasn't that hot yet. It was getting warmer and warmer. But this is it, still 2:30, two thirty two, two thirty in the afternoon.
0: Molly, I'll give you a pop quiz now, we'll tell you. What temperature did Molly get the, the inside of the cabin? <sighs> now the ambient temperature outside is roughly twenty to twenty five. And uh, degrees. And then the inside of the cabin is all one room, just the majestic stove. So think about that number now uh, at what temperature Molly ended up getting the inside of the cabin to. She holds the record. So
1: finally, by a long way. So finally, my dad says, You are using green firewood. There is much drier firewood available that will burn much hotter. And you were probably using that last night. So he very graciously went and dug out some drier firewood. In the meanwhile, I'm watching the clock tick, and I'm like, "I this turkey is not going to be done by dinner unless I turn on the propane oven. So I get the propane oven up to 500, and I put the turkey in for this set amount of time, and then I stick it in the Majestic. And to make a very, very long story short... I had brought our meat thermometer, and about 20 minutes before I expected the men to walk in the door from hunting, because it was dark out, and you can't hunt after dark, I stuck the meat thermometer in, and the turkey was at 83 degrees.
0: (laughs) You guys ready for this? The room is at eighty.
1: It wasn't 88 yet. I think the room was only like it
0: was so hot for most of the night. It was
1: only I mean this is only five o'clock. It hovered at 88 to 87.
0: We walked in the door.
1: It was maybe 86 still then. Okay, (laughs) because because you guys, um, we we watched the thermometer because it was JR's trigger meat thermometer. So it's a digital with a long cable. So we watched it go up, and it was going up maybe a degree a minute degree every yeah and then it kind of slowed down and then i got anyway we had we also had decided to use up leftovers that people had brought up for hunting instead of bringing up all of my own thanksgiving foods instead of mashed potatoes we had tater tots because there was a whole Great costco idea. bag of tater tots up Great there idea. so finally 6 30 rolls around and i'm like let we're gonna have brussels sprouts we're gonna have tater tots
0: Brussels sprouts
1: we're gonna have
0: rolls I had rolls what else did we have
1: um well so it was we was a lot of food it was no we basically had those for dinner yeah and then we ate cranberry j- relish as mm. and then we had we cleanser. had dessert and then we had one oh, round of so dessert good. and then we had another and then we had the other dessert and I I kind of because everyone was complaining about how hot it was in the cabin. Which is fair.
0: All <laughs> open windows and All doors. the windows were
1: open. <laughs> uh, I will say this, though. Uh, my parents almost did not come up with us because my mom has very low body mass and she just has always had problems with getting cold. And they were both very concerned that she would get chilled in a cabin that was colder than how, they, how hot they keep their house, which is like 76 because 70, they have a yeah. wood stove there. And... They were concerned that she would get cold and would not be able to warm up and would fall ill as a result of having a sustained low body temperature during the couple days we were at the it cabin. It helped.
0: I did. I did tell your dad, I was like, look, why don't you guys just come up? Because, um, we have those two propane heaters in the room. We've got two propane, uh, based wall heaters in those rooms. the And they
1: have one in their bedroom. And they
0: can get one in their bedroom. And so if, if worse comes to worse, you crank those up and those make up. it as warm as you want.
1: Um, pretty soon, my mom, who earlier in the day was sitting right next to the stove, uh, took her sweatshirt off <laughs> and then she moved to the other side of the cabin as far away from the stove as she could get. <laughs> and I will also add, it's not just one room, you guys, there's lofts on either side that the kids sleep oh my in, gosh. and those lofts had to have been above 90 degrees. Um, the turkey finally hit 160 degrees at nine forty seven, and i know that because i took a picture of the clock for jr to post on the blog when he documents this in the meantime story.
0: the kids have all been put to bed uh, uh my buddy marshall had gone and just laid down in his room so he was out cold jim had gone and had gone and, and gone down, and laid down in his room so he was out so this so
1: only only in- one of our kids was angry at being put to bed without turkey and as I was putting this kid, I'm not going to be gender specific because you would, it, one of the girls, she declared it the worst Thanksgiving ever because she was being put to bed without Turkey. And
0: they had, they had spent all day. Well, we could talk about sledding later, but they'd spent all day being shuttled with six wheelers up to the sledding hill. Um, anyway, so at, backing up to about eight 30, um, you said nine forty-seven. Well, maybe about nine o'clock. Um, Kitty walks into, your mom walks into your parents' bedroom, and all you hear is—is is the turkey done? Turkey done? <laughs> <laughs> Groggy Jim, like waking up. With turkey done?
1: <sighs> nope, it's it's still still cooking. And uh, finally, I I given up feeding the fire so much that the turkey was barely going up in temperature. So I pulled it before it was technically. And wrapped done. it And it had gone up. It, it gotten was... up
0: to one sixty-three, one sixty-four, one sixty five, somewhere in there. Anyway.
1: Within I think... the
0: few minutes that it took to pull it out and cover it with foil. So then I go wake up Marshall, his dog flips out, you know, and he's like, Huh, turkey's done? So he comes out. <laughs> I love turkey. And he's like, his eyes are just gleaming. Your dad pops up off his bed and it was Lily
1: came down from the loft because she guys, still couldn't sleep because she was mad and she was it hungry. It was
0: the best turkey I have ever had and i have had most turkeys i have look i love all the ladies in the world but most of your turkeys are crap you know they're dry they don't have any flavor they all taste the same my brother in law brined a turkey one year and blew us all away this turkey blows away that turkey i mean and i i feel like it was maybe
1: the product of all of that anticipation that made it so good but the other thing that made it so the flavor made it was it had probably a cup of butter smeared over the top of it and you know that dripped down in as it not to
0: mention slow cooked for like eight hours
1: (laughs) but then started with this really hot kind of reverse sear that maybe kind of locked the juices in which is what a reverse sear is supposed to be and then the juices in the bottom that had dripped down into the pan it literally because i saved the juices in a quart mason jar It it was half butter and half turkey juices because they separate. (laughs) It separated. Granted,
0: anything with butter. So I just I I really was trying to encourage everyone the entire week that look, this is a totally different thing. So we don't have to do anything. Let's use the opportunity of of this being totally new. Uh, Let's use the opportunity just to like break, you know, kind of just break away from what we normally expect. Like tater tots
1: for things. Like tater tots,
0: and just have a great time. Being in a great place at a you know, it was just, it was everybody,
1: all... inclu- everybody except the one kid who declared it the worst Thanksgiving ever was good-natured the whole day. I mean, for look, for most kids, it's like, you mean I get to eat tater tots and pie for my Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> okay. And then, and then. Even
0: Faith was bouncing around in a super good and mood. And
1: then the, the other child apologized to me after she'd. After she had some time to think about what she'd said, because I kind of jokingly repeated it back to her because I didn't take it personally. But everybody had a very good sense of humor about it. Nobody was, you know, pounding on walls because the cabin was too hot or the turkey was done at 9.47 47. I
0: think your dad your dad, found the whole thing amusing. It was
1: funny. It yeah, was just, just, I mean, it's a, even it's when definitely... it got because so you'd
0: sit there go, ah, too hot. It's too hot. Kitty's like, <laughs> warm.
1: I know. <laughs> win um so it was it was a fun it was a fun adventure and we'll probably remember it for a long time and uh i honestly wouldn't recommend to anybody else out there trying to cook a 20 pound turkey in an antique wood stove but you did it i did it but um i did it so you don't have to if you're ever given the opportunity
0: (laughs) oh my goodness okay so yeah, and all the conversation of people being weird and hard. Um, we have brand new two x two stickers that will be available. That are available for pre-order now. We actually have them in 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 our possession, and I'll be putting those up with uh, putting those up on the website as available. So jump on the website right now, pre-order those stickers now. We say all this, people are weird and hard stuff because it's super super fun. Everybody's unique. We all experience people and things in mildly amusing, uh, sometimes wildly amusing ways. And Rachel has uh, just an amusing tale of being spun a new one um, in her world. So here it is.
2: Hi, all. It's Rachel. So I certainly don't have the gift of the gab, um, but I figured I if I share a funny incident, um, like we were talking about on Telegram, that others might follow suit. So I just finished, quote unquote, talking um, with a solar panel rep at my front door. We all know their infamous tactic of ignore the fact that this resident has verbally expressed four times that she is not interested, Uh, but this guy pulled a new one on me that left me chuckling inside. He said that our state has passed a law that by next year will um, mandate everyone to end our southwest gas usage and we will all be forced to go on to solar. (laughs) That escalated quickly, but I thought that that was quite um, a funny moment in my day.
0: Thank you, Rachel. If you have something you would like to share that's amusing, that made your day, that just, you know, uh something you appreciated, whatever that whatever it is, give us a call uh, and leave us a voicemail at 406-318-7136. I've got a few of these that have come in, so we'll be sharing them as we go. Um, that said, any other links we have shared on the show or things we've mentioned. Um, like some of the recipes and uh, Abigail Schreier's book, as well as The World in Six Glasses. I'll include those in the show notes. The books will be uh, Amazon associate links. So when you order through there, we'll get a little bit of a kickback, which helps us uh, you know, pay for the web hosting, pay for the podcast distribution, um, not even come close to paying for all the time and energy we put into it. But it's a good time. We enjoy it. We enjoy you guys. We enjoy that you guys enjoy it and love uh, doing it for you. So that's that's all I have. Do you have anything?
1: Nope. Just thinking we should go upstairs and see what our Christmas tree situation was like.
0: Oh, we left the kids alone with the tree this whole time, you guys. And they've been decorating all by themselves. It's a great period of life. It is,
1: actually. I was on a cane of call this morning, and there were two other moms saying, Oh, I haven't touched the tree in years. And I was like... Yeah, we are moving into a really—I mean—the smart aleck comments that come out of some of our kids' mouths every other breath. I could do without, but we—it's both hand. We have to take it. Take the. It's great to see how responsible and creative and an actual real person who's got the capacity to be a friend and buddy, along with the growing pains that yeah. we're experiencing with that. And I'm sure those of you guys who are further along in this journey than we are are like, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. Buckle in. But here we are. Kids decorating the Christmas tree by themselves.
0: Love it. So anyway, yeah. uh, Jump on our website, com. All grammatically correct. You can order some of those new People Are Weird and Hard stickers. Just, they're perfect for your coffee mug or your water bottle uh, or the window of your car or wherever you want to like, you know. State your opinion Um You can also scroll down On the website And send us a postcard If you want to send us A note that way You can send us an email TB The number 2F At PM Papa me But by far The number one way People uh, Like to interact with uh, With us Is on our Telegram Our Telegram channel So you can do that By clicking the link In the show notes To the Telegram group And uh Join us there For all manner Of random Conversations Um if you don't want to do that don't we love hearing from you love hearing uh, love hearing your stories and uh, don't forget to call me leave a voicemail if you have a fun one you want to you want to share that said i'm patrolling the next couple of days so hopefully there's no damage or danger with anybody and molly's homeschooling and we're just carrying on with our normal everyday week I will see you guys Until next week next week